This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 You're listening to Radio Kidnappers, the voice of Hawke's Bay. This is the program called Candy View, and it's our pleasure, as always, to have on the phone Nick Stewart, who's the CEO of the Stewart Group right here in Hastings. How are you going, Nick? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Ken. Very well. That's great. Now, today's topic for discussion is ready and robust will thrive. What does that mean? Well, what it is, it's those, those that are prepared when we come out of this, and, you know, we are on the, other, on the dark side of the moon, but shortly we're going to come around and see the light. And hopefully that's going to be next week. And those that are ready and rearing and ready to go are going to do better than those that are, let's say, a little lethargic and haven't really prepared for the new normal. The new normal being what level two is like and in turn what level one is like. Is it surprising to you? I mean, it's surprising to me, but, uh, you know, I haven't got much of a brain is it surprising to you that so many people are going to hit the wall in such a short space of time? When you th- and we talked about it last week that yeah, you know yeah. if you've got a bit of money in the bank, then you, then you should be all right. But are you surprised at just how many businesses are looking to fail? Yeah, it is. It is surprising, but then this <laughs> this is a very surprising event. So in in the normal in a normal decline where not everything happens so quickly. I mean, this has been um, this has been as violent as getting COVID nineteen, you know, yourself in terms of what happens to your lungs and such like. So, look, it's it's brutal. And and you know, for example, some of my um, closest friends have shared with me that their business revenue is down by ninety seven percent. Wow! Uh, ever since they entered level three, not level four. So for them, you know, that's an incredibly long period of time. Well, over that period, they've paid their staff, they've paid their rent, they've paid their rates, they've paid their insurance, and they had to pay the suppliers through for the gear and equipment, et cetera, stock that they took on over the month of March and then a little bit over April. So when you think about it in that sense, mm. uh, that's actually quite vast. And, and then if we think about the fact of like the kind of 12-week subsidy period, uh, where you or, or or roll that over and think, you know, how long how long are we going to be in level two? Then you sit there and say, hey, this is really serious. This is you know this is going to hurt someone that potentially had oh, four and five months of cash flow sitting ready in a savings account. I mean, they could see that that all utilised between now and Christmas. And that's so when you think about it in that sense, it is massive. And no one had, I don't know anyone who planned for that type of severity, because that's very, very vast. And also, a lot of people didn't think that by law they would be unable to operate. A lot of people kind of felt that it would be, um, that there'd be social distancing, that it would be a little bit like um, Australia light, 
because the Australians have taken a very different approach to us because they've allowed a lot of their key industries to keep working. So the mines, the building sector, etc., has kept going. And it's just, it's kept the patient or the uh, economy alive. Mm. Whereas we went full, we went cold turkey and uh, we shut everything down. And uh, yeah, so it'll be really interesting to see what happens because uh, some commentators are saying that the Australian and other jurisdictions are going to come out of this with a steeper trajectory on the upside, whereas ours will be a little dull. Um, yeah. Just because of the fact that we did multiple so many businesses. Oh, when I mean multiple, we shut we shut them down and put them into a coma. Um, but some of them aren't going to wake up. Yeah. But, yeah. It might just be my imagination, but uh, when I talk to people, it almost seems like they're of the opinion that as a nation, we're still in, like a, in a bit of a holiday mode and they don't realise the enormity of what is going to come out the other end of this. It's going to be, it's going to be mass unemployment. Uh, we've really yeah. only seen the tip of the iceberg so far, haven't we? Yeah, well, we have. Yeah, well, look, the, you know, according to NSD's Ministry of Social Development, uh, as of, I think, when I, was, when I last looked at the data was about last Thursday. And at that point in time, we, in terms of the number of weeks, from the event, if you compare COVID versus the GFC, we are tracking uh, at a steeper rate of um, unemployment at this period of time. Now, when you think about the GFC, it actually was quite shallow. Mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of went in there um, in October, and the market bounced in March, whereas this, but but that one had no government shutdown. Um, Everyone, I mean, we all went to work. We could all go and buy coffee, and we could do what we wanted with our life. This one is different, and that is why there's a potential for this to be much more painful, which is why some of the pundits and commentators out there are saying that we could see numbers far, far greater than the GFC. You know, we're talking about potential unemployment rate numbers of, um, you know, 15 to 20, 25%, which is, I know, sounds la-la land, but you've got to remember where we're at now. This is, you know, we're just getting into this. Yeah, um, this is just the start. Yeah. Uh, now you've probably got your uh, your finger on uh, some statistics, but if we if we refer back to that uh, mm-hmm. global financial crisis in two thousand and eight, can you remember how long did it take us to actually come out of that and start recovering big time? And how long do you think it's going to take us to come out of this and recover uh, to be <coughs> in the same place as what um, we were before COVID? Well, look, the GSC was the most unfortunate position for New Zealand, um, and particularly for. Um, an area like Hawke's Bay, because we were, um, as a country, and I remember as a region back then, we were we actually came into the GFC um, with a bit of an anchor. We were very, very slow. Um, you may recall that um, when the election occurred, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, it might, might be out by a couple of weeks, but at the time of the election, we were already in a technical recession. So we'd already... Everything had slowed up. Our GDP had really stagnated. Um, so when the GFC hit us, uh, it was it was pretty ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I remember talking to Craig Foss about it at the time, and um, and Craig said, you know, the first in, but we want to be the first out. And and yes, we were, you know, we we, we were in recession before many other trading partners were. But on the, on the flip side, when we bounced, it was quite good because um, we dealt with a lot of the problems. Um, this one, again, this one's different than the GFC. It's very, very different um, because a lot of businesses aren't going to bounce back. So 
So so this is where, if you think in the GFC, as I said before, you could go about your normal business and do what you would normally do. This one is entirely different. I mean, like, like for example, I look at level two. Um, you know, if we're given 48 hours notice at level t- um, from level three that we are going to level two, well, many businesses just can't restart like that. Mm. Um, I mean, I look at some businesses, it takes them one month to book all of their appointments going forward. Um, I mean, you can't just fill an order book overnight. And if you are a face-to-face a practitioner of some form, then you need to book all of your patients back in. Um, so, uh, you know, it's a little bit like, you know, um, starting an engine and allowing it to warm up. Yeah. That's what the economy is going to be like. So I don't really see us, I don't really see the big bounce, but I'm just very, I'm very, very hopeful that we can um, move to level one in due course quite quickly and that we can um, see some normality in terms of uh, at least domestic tourism. I wonder, um, Nick, the uh, the average punter reading a headline in the paper today mm. as we record this program it said 78% of the Hawke's Bay workforce is back at work in one form or another. Now, if on the face of it, you think, wow, well, we're coming up. That's pretty good. What are we moaning about? Well, what are we moaning about? What are the, what's the downside to those figures? Um, well, I think it's a little bit like uh, if a person works a day a week or they're at you know, 15% productivity that they're counted as being gainfully employed, whereas I think you'll find the productivity rates are nowhere near what has been claimed. Um, so, yeah, you might have some people who are technically on payroll and maybe back at work, but the productivity levels will be woeful. Um, you know, when you look at the um, Paymark data series was released for the month of March, um, strangely, I don't know why, but it was delayed. Um, whereas, look, every time there's any great data on the upside, Paymark seems to be better deliver it within a day, mm. whereas when it's on the downside, it seems to stall. But anyway, the numbers came out, and across the country during Level 3, you had retail sales on average. So this nets out the good, the bad, the ugly. So, you know, the supermarkets are included too with their 40% bump in sales, but on average, the retail sales tanked by 80%. Um so, look, I, yeah, I would really, really question those type of numbers. About 75% of the workforce are, are back employed. I mean, certainly if I look at my friends and count, you know, count my fingers and toes, uh, there's, only a, there's only a couple of people that are back at work. Yeah. Um, and I've been hearing uh, just on the grapevine on what you read and uh, what you see on the TV, now, a lot of... Um, businesses are thinking hey this is actually not too bad that you know we've got our people working from home uh, yeah. the the productivity hasn't gone down and why don't we continue this after this ends that must be a nightmare scenario for instance for someone who owns a commercial building yeah it is and some businesses will pivot and this is the new norm this is what's going to happen but there are others where some form of social um, interaction um, with fellow team members, fellow employees, I think it's really, really important. And also, <clears throat> you have to think about it, it's like, you know, two plus two equals five. Mm-hmm. So if you get two really, really good people working together, the outputs are better. Whereas some people find that when they work in isolation, that they just don't get that leverage, that natural leverage that comes from a team. 
Um, you've also got some people, and I'm aware of speaking to you know a lot of folk over the last six weeks, that some people aren't really enjoying working from home and being isolated. Look, they they're having to be a um, a, a chef, a cleaner, a worker, a mum or a dad. It's actually quite stressful. Yeah. It's not that easy. And Absolutely. you also, some people don't have, um, you know, an office or an office for both for both partners to work. So you've got one person sharing the kitchen with the kids. Uh, cats and dogs are fighting. I mean, yeah, it's just not that easy. And some people, again, really, really crave that uh, collegiality and camaraderie. So I don't really, I don't really buy into the whole thing about everyone's going to start working from home. Yeah. Um, there will be a creep back to our offices. It just may, it, it just may never get quite back to the level that it was because some businesses are also going to find that it's a heck of a lot cheaper uh, paying people a home allowance subsidy for them to work at home mm. and not having an office. I mean, uh, you're a good example. I mean, you're an iconic business uh, in Hastings. You've been in business for 34, 35 years. Uh, yeah. I wonder whether or not you might take the opportunity to say, okay, well, you know, <laughs> we could close this beautiful black building and because you guys could actually home visit, couldn't you? I could ring you up and say, look, Nick, I'm interested. Yeah, you in, uh, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that because why? Oh, well, um, <laughs> I actually quite like all of my team. I enjoy working <laughs> with them. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, no, I miss everybody. I mean, um, look, looking at people through a, a VC, a Zoom call, a virtual call, conference call is, is one thing, but getting together and having a chat and just being able to bounce those ideas back and forth, um, you know, I personally really miss that. Um, you know, the other, the other aspect is that some people do want to meet face-to-face. And certainly in the financial services sector, along with many others where there's a lot of documentation and compliance that needs to be completed, getting that done uh, across all age spectrums and technology abilities has proved or is difficult when you are working remotely. So on that basis, you know, I yeah. really look forward to getting back to the office. And I think, as I said, on the on the uh, our little. Um, discussion prior to the cool can, and I'm quite looking forward to having a, a really <laughs> yeah. decent, strong coffee yeah. from the coffee machine at work, rather than this watered down stuff I have at home. <laughs> and look, I'm on, I'm with you on the on the business side of uh, you know I, I like I like to go to a business where I can see more than one person. But also, they're talking about retail changing completely, and that we might. As a society, just uh, what, what are they calling it? Click and collect. Well, again, I'm of the opinion that uh, I want to go into a shop. I want to see the variety. I want to try on the dress, not the dress, but you know, and I want to try on the suit and I want to want to pick up the baseball bat and the fishing rod. Do you think that um, while this feeling is strong in people's minds at the moment, hey, we can just go and do it online, that we will come back as a community and say, look, let's get out there and do some real shopping, eh? Yeah, I, th- I think they will. Um, I think it will. Uh, look, the the trend was moving to that kind of online business model anyway, so we'd already been moving to that, and this is probably just going to have sped some of that up. But when when I talk to retailers about what percentage of their uh, sales volume is online, uh, it's very very light, and yeah. it's certainly not, and it is not sustainable. Um, so most of them are a retail bricks and mortar oriented setup. You know they can't just shut one down and keep mm. the other going. E.g., shut down the retail premise and just go solely online. There's just not the volume there. And I think we're going to find that 
some of the hospitality sector capitulate on that basis also yeah. because they're going to find that this kind of takeout concept with their fixed overhead is just not sustainable. So in the short term, there's the euphoria, there's the adrenaline of getting back up and running and being with your team and having some fun and doing what you, I mean, this is what you, you know, this is what you get out of bed to do. But look, after doing that for four to eight to 12 weeks, some people will say, hey, there's just not the rewards in this and uh, this is not for us and they'll just wait until um, wait until level two or level one and then they'll uh, yeah, back in business again. Do you think the commentators are selling the sizzle rather than the reality of it all? Uh, yeah, yeah, I would, I would say so. Um, although, although I, I would say that there are more, uh, more reasoned commentators are coming to the fore now mm. and just starting to question certain things. And, and it was interesting. Look, I was posed a question on social media. Um, look, and I don't really, I don't typically reply to things on social media because it can be a bit of a feral environment, and you're never quite sure where it's going to go. But look, happy to answer it on on a radio show in a controlled forum. So, you know, I had this question where the person said, "Hey, look, as a local financial commentator, how would you rate the government's handling of the COVID crisis?" Well, pretty, you can see why I didn't reply yes. on social media. Indeed, <laughs> uh, very, very open ended. Uh, you never know half the people that ask you these questions, <laughs> but but look, and and uh, in, in, you know, in reply to that, I'd say, look, you know, the government was dealt a terrible hand, and um, you know, we came into this with um, relatively a poor level of business confidence, um, but we did have you know above average growth, um, pretty benign inflation, um, you know, the growth was less than some of our trading partners, but better than others. But and certainly, you know, health-wise, they've absolutely nailed it. Um, possibly aside from you know closing the borders late, uh, that was most unfortunate given the fact that so many of the um, uh, infections have come about through people that uh, had travelled overseas. And the other aspect is when Kiwis returned home, uh, we didn't immediately isolate or quarantine them. Um, but look, other than that, health-wise, I think they've done us really proud. Um, my comments about some of the kind of negative criticism coming in, I think most of that, to be frank, is coming out on the economic side, yeah. and that's, that's now coming to the fore. And I, I heard a really good analogy, and it's like, you know, if you were sitting down to watch a Steven Spielberg movie, and he's done some crackers, as you know, and, um, you know, this is, like a, this is like sitting down to watch a three-hour movie, and we're about 20 minutes in. Yeah. So at the moment, it's you know it's it, it, it's laying the groundwork, the picture, everything's good. A little bit like Herodotus, the great storyteller from ancient times, the Greek. Well, you know the you know the way Herodotus wrote stories is exactly the way that Hollywood rolls out films. Mm. It's, a, it's a perfect structure. Well, at the moment we're twenty minutes in. You know, all the characters are introduced, everyone's really, really happy, but you know shortly someone's going to get shot or murdered and then it's going to be a, a really, really you know, interesting, colourful movie with lots of ups and downs. Well, that's what COVID-19 is going to be like and that's what the experience will be like and effectively, you know, uh, how the government will be judged over a three-hour movie, not, not over the 20-minute intro. Uh, yeah, we're running out of time, Nick, but you mentioned a bit earlier that uh, uh, some businesses will... Uh, decide to maybe wait yep. until uh, level one or, in fact, level zero. Um, but do you think that people will decide it's just business as usual, get back to level zero, open the doors, and the, and the customers are going to come flowing back? Is that how it's going to work, or is it going to be a lot harder than that? Uh, 
no, 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 I think it will be like that. I think there'll be an initial flurry. There'll be a little bit of a bounce back just because of the kind of um, pent-up level of uh, cash flow that people will have, and they'll have a want and a need. I mean, if you've got, if your dishwasher's been, uh, you know, on the blink, then effectively you're going to go out and buy one immediately, but then after that, uh, it'll get back to a new normal, and the new normal will be that people will keep their wallets a little closed. Yeah, I think that I think that coming up, um, we're going to see in the next month or two that it's not just the businesses that. So there will be some businesses that are going to fold and not reopen, yeah. and they're not the businesses we've been told about. They're not the cafes and the restaurants. They're actually going to be some of the professional sector. Like I saw on the NBR yesterday that a legal firm just threw in the towel this week. Um, and, and, you know, if you look at the um, MSD wage subsidies, well, you've got you've got like general practitioners. You've got GPs on there. Yes. And this is, this is pretty serious. And, and the other aspect of the 12-week wage subsidy, if, imagine, Ken, if I was your employee and you were going to make me redundant, well, at week eight, you would let me know and give me four weeks' notice. Mm-hmm. So effectively, you're obliged to hold me on with the wage subsidy for 12 weeks. But if you want to let me go, you're actually going to give me notice at eight weeks. Well, eight weeks is two weeks away. Yeah. So I think what, what we're going to see, we're going to see a bit of a unfortunate a surge in redundancies at about that between weeks eight and nine. Uh, and, then after, and then there'll be another surge again after the 12-week mark because... Yeah, you know, it's like we've spoken about the dead cat bounce, yeah. and you know, ulti- you know, ultimately people will go for so long until they've exhausted their cash reserves, uh, and then they will, um, yeah, hand in the towel and um, look for something else that's a little less risky to do, um, and spend their time in capital. Uh, two minutes to go. Uh, you mentioned uh, um, a bit earlier on that unemployment could reach maybe twenty five percent per thought, but crystal ball gazing. If it reaches 25%, how long after do you think we'll be getting back to a semblance of normality where we're back down to where we are at the moment, 3 4%? I don't think we'll get back 3 or 4% for years. Yep. Um, I think just because of the fact that some of the really large uh, sectors um, that employ huge amounts of people, such as tourism, and they're not going to get back to what they were for a very long period of time. Um, so I think that I mean, look, there will be a blip up, like a substantial blip up in unemployment. It, but, it, but conversely, it will come down again because some people who, look, when you elect to shrink your um, payroll, I mean, a lot of people actually find, and as they did in the GFC, in the global financial crisis, shouldn't keep using industry jargon. Yeah, in the global financial crisis, a lot of people lightened up their team. And then six months later, they were having to rehire again. Uh, so, so they made the right call to to lighten the load to get through. But conversely, as soon as things picked up, they madly recruited again. And you will see the same thing happen here. But I just don't think we're going to get down to the same levels that we once did for a period of time. Good evening, Nick. Pleasure to talk with you. Just to remind our listeners, if we want some financial advice, how do we get hold of you? Yeah, well, look, um, at the moment, you can't come and visit us in Katamu Road in Hastings, but uh, you can get hold of us on 0800-878-961 or visit us via our website at www.stewartgroup.co.nz. As always, Nick, my pleasure. You look after yourself. We'll talk to the same time, same place next week. Look forward to that.
The information provided or any opinions expressed in this show are of a general nature only and should not be construed or relied on as a recommendation to invest in a financial product or class of financial products. You should seek financial advice specific to your circumstances from an authorised financial advisor before making any financial decisions. A disclosure statement can be obtained free of charge by calling 0800 878 961. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Kidnappers, a community access media station. Thanks to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.